Happy Friday, friends. It's your GM, Alex, here to sit some hot, thick announcements right on your face. So take a deep breath, because here we go. First, for all of our patrons out there, we will be pushing back this month's War for the Crown night by one week. Scheduling issues and all that. So if you're planning on hanging out with us for that, just be sure to plan for two Mondays from now, October 24th, not this coming Monday. Second, I am so happy to invite you to come check out a wonderful Twitch charity event beginning this very evening, October 13th, called Casa de Colores, a fundraiser to help transgender refugees. It's a great cause, and it's run by really great people. And as if that wasn't enough reason to check it out, you can even find Tom, Joe, and myself playing in several games throughout the weekend. Did I mention it's all weekend? Well, it is. And as if that wasn't enough, we here at the podcast have even donated an exclusive one-shot to be accessed only as a donation reward. So get yourself over to Gamer Mom Luna's Twitch channel and show your support while enjoying some great content. You can find more information at the link on our website, inspiredincompetence.com. We hope to see you there. Okay, how's everybody doing? You need some air? I know, these announcements can be a bit of a handful. Good? Okay, we're coming for some more. Finally, we have again been nominated for the annual Audioverse Awards. Last year, you guys came through bigly, so let's keep that going. The voting process is just as clunky as it was last year, so I'm going to walk you through it. The formatting is really best for doing this on a desktop or laptop, so if you're using your phone, well, good luck. First, click on the Audioverse Awards link on our website. After you answer a few questions about yourself you're in. Last year, there were a ton of categories, but this year there are only two, as far as I can tell. New shows and existing shows. We're in existing shows. You must vote in both categories to be counted, so if you don't know anyone in new shows, well, take a wild guess and make someone's day. Whew! Okay, that was the last announcement. Thank you for your patience, and please enjoy episode 87, T.O. Glib. Welcome back to Inspired Incompetence, the podcast that puts the king in fucking atrocity. How's everybody doing? Atrocious. Lovely. All right, so here we are back in Ustalav, in the region of Verlich, where y'all just killed a tomb giant and their uh, necrocraft minions. Uh, Uhtred thought he'd have himself a little detect magic and... uh, he was blinded by the light coming oh, from yeah. this new guy, Teoblith. Ah! What? It's coming from you! What? What is the source of such an intense magical aura, Teoblith? Ah, Uhtred's gonna cut off his detect magic. Intense aura? What are you talking about? The magical aura that is coming off of you. Which Are one? You sure? Are you sure it's not coming off of me, Uhtred? No, Randolph. I've... This is worse than the aura I felt coming off the feathering maw. Uh, our genus is gonna turn on his to see if uh, what Uhtred is saying is true. You detect magic? Yeah. 
Okay. Uh, yeah, you uh, you begin concentrating, and uh, you are immediately uh, struck with it's it's like looking at the sun, this magical aura coming off of Teoblith. It's not like looking at the sun where if you just keep looking at it, you'll go blind. Uh, it's more of a you you can kind of, like after a, like a, a few rounds, you can like acclimate to it, and it's not like staggering to uh to behold it but it's it is that would have been good to know it is that much of a shock it's like walking into a bright room after like being in darkness yeah okay (laughs) oh the splendor the glory what is in your pocket are you gonna take me to dinner first we've just met (laughs) precisely we don't know you and I've only ever felt a magic aura of that intensity once before. It was not used for anything of good. So just because it's powerful means it has to be a bad thing? No, but you are a stranger who will not divulge anything to us. You have no trust earned here. All right, fine. And Teolith kind of like kneels down and, and takes off his pack and rummages around in one of the, the pouches for a sec. And he pulls out... What looks like a small jar, but it's like completely wrapped in what look like freshly bloodied bandages. Not a good start. <laughs> <laughs> Quite a bad start. Like when Judgment's I when I say fr- freshly cover. when I say freshly bloodied, I mean like they look like the bandages on an open wound. So I gather you're probably talking about this. Okay. And what is this? So, uh, deal with like slowly unwraps the uh, the bloody bandages from from the jar. He's doing it with exaggerated size, like you're like, oh, I can't believe you're fucking making me do this. Um, and it unveils a uh, a canopic jar, um, the the cap of which is kind of shaped in. It almost looks like a, a snake skull, like a, a like a, a saber-tooth fanged skull. When Teoblith takes the the wrappings off, the jar itself looks clean, but after a a moment of looking at it, you can you can almost you can see like blood seeping from from some of the cracks in the jar. A canopic jar, for anybody who doesn't know, is typically used to like preserve organs, like you would find them in like. A mummy's tomb. Yeah. So you can rest easy knowing that it's nope, not you. Nope. Nope. <laughs> I mean, so far, none of this has made me be like, oh, well, that's nothing. <laughs> oh, relax, Utrid. <laughs> it took some time for you to warm up to me. <laughs> he still hasn't. Did- wow. <laughs> I, I don't. <laughs> Sorry. It was there. I had to make the joke. <laughs> If either you have been what I have been through, you would be guarded as well. And Arginus, you have more than earned your trust since your first arrival. Well, I don't know this <laughs> specific person. Uh, I don't believe humans are inherently evil or, I'm sorry, or, <laughs> I guess better yet, elf. Uh, uh There's no reason to be 
be suspicious quite yet. He's just got an overwhelmingly powerful aura around him. So yeah, this is what you wanted to see. Ta-da! Elsie kind of shoves her nose towards it, like as if to like point ac- accusatorily. She says, "Well, what is it? It doesn't look good." Uh, it certainly does not. What does it do? I, you all, you're, I have to tell you everything, don't I? All right. So, first off, I guess I should tell you where I found this thing. So, when I, I guess, came back from the boneyard, I found myself just outside of Vigil. Now, I saw, I saw the city destroyed and all sorts of ruin and everything else, as I'm sure you all saw too, and I thought that looked like a good place to go and recover some artifacts before they got ruined by all the undead that were ravaging the town. But as I'm sure you're also aware, a lot of those undead were stronger than anticipated. So I ended up getting chased down into the sewers beneath Vigil. It seemed like a safer place to at least move about the city. While I was down there, I came across this old temple of Erasne. And uh, it was weird. There was already there was a lot of dead bodies down there that didn't look like they died in the blast. Uchid but, looks at Vala. So I'm going through this this temple because you know ancient temples of of dead goddesses and or <laughs> undead goddesses. Uh, yeah, I thought there might be something fun down here to to study. We'll say I found this this room that seemed to be blocked off by by a cave in. So I made my way in there. And I found this. Seemed like a worthy prize to to take out of my exploration. After that, I made my way back up to the surface and out of the city. I died once. No need to push it. Yeah. And then I made my way here where I, you know, had to wait for you guys to show up so we could take care of the giant. So were you in the city when the blast went off? No, I died and came back outside the city... For no reason. Yes, I was in the city. God, you're thick. Not as thick as me. Well, uh, <laughs> this still doesn't explain exactly what this uh, item does. You gave us a little bit of back story. Uh, but why the power? Well, that power is what happens when you have a piece of a god in a jar. Oh. Come again. There's a piece... How is that possible to take a piece of a god? <laughs> well, this is one god that resides under some fairly unique circumstances, I might say. I'm mostly confident that this jar contains the still beating lungs of Erasne. <laughs> Erasne! Oh, genus. What? Choose your next words very carefully. We do not know who this man is. I was just gonna say the glory. You worship a dead goddess who lives over Geb? Uh, we're just going through a rough patch right now is all. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty long rough patch. Correct me if I'm wrong, but Arginus, do you not only worship the cards? Oh, <laughs> I worship the will of... Uh, Anything that's bigger than me. Anything that's larger. 
the cards. The cards just demonstrate what's ahead of me, what my path might lay. But understand something. The cards, the cards can trick you as well. I've lived by them my entire life. And they're more powerful than any bloody object out there. And have you seen anything about this man? Have you seen anything about an elf in the cards? No, actually. <laughs> uh, as a matter of fact, I uh, I don't recognize this situation whatsoever, which tells me either this is a much bigger event or a much smaller one. I'd like to think the latter. You're having trouble trusting me, but you let this guy sleep next to you? This man has fought alongside me. This man has lost people alongside him. I know nothing about you. And it says a lot about a person who finds themselves in a situation like Vigil, and their first thought is about personal gain. My personal gains are good for everyone. As I said, I'm a scholar. The more knowledge I can uncover, the better for the world. And what if there's no world left for your knowledge? Oh, now you're just being dramatic. Uh, if I might interject, we are standing outside the... Uh, outside the ma uh, the mouth of an unholy mall right now, <laughs> standing above corpses that we just slaughtered. I would highly recommend either A, we gain that experience with him, or B, we back away from this and figure out another location to talk. No, you're right, Arginus. We do have a long trek still ahead of us. Let the experience talk more than more than words. Hey, uh, what happens if you drop that jar? <laughs> uh, don't. And can you look inside of it? No, I can't open it. Huh. Well, I think that's better that way. Well, what are you planning to do with it? Do with it? I'm planning to study it. It's fair enough, I guess. Such a artifact. You just traipse through the wilderness and study it on the road? It seemed better than leaving it in the sewers under a ruined city well I don't disagree with that I just I, you need to be especially careful with that why do you think I had it in my pack this isn't just this isn't just a backpack you beast careful stranger <laughs> I am not just a beast you backpack <laughs> Nelxy just kind of harumps away yeah while sentient, not a creature of charisma. <laughs> well, as I said, trust is earned, but trust also goes both ways. And I appreciate you telling us what that aura was. I think it needs to be made clear, though. We go to Galaspire in search of information, not just on the Whispering Tyrant, but with the intent to fight and kill him. Oh, all's the better. I would like to uh, bring up the fact that we're also wasting away time with uh, with our uh, enlarged person and bull strength and other uh, things. Oh, surely are, are they're gone by now. Yeah, are there other things in this camp? I thought we just like went through and cleared it out. You, like, it wasn't that big. Well, uh, you recall. On your way to this point where you confronted the Tomb Giant, there were uh, dozens of zombies that you probably just cut down on your way 
there, they were not a challenge for you, and you would also have observed that they looked extremely worn out, almost like a almost like a shovel used to to dig holes through like really gravelly soil for way too long. Like someone just uh, animated these zombies and just set them to digging and like put them on autopilot until they like, wore their arms down to nubs. Yeah, uh, that's that's pretty on the nose, actually. Um, actually, to that end, anybody who wants to can give me a perception check or knowledge nature check. Perception it is. I got a 25 perception. Right, well, I'll go nature since you got a pretty good one then. 27. 26 for the perception. So, as I said last week, you kind of noted as you entered this uh, these ruins that they kind of roughly resemble uh, an archaeological dig. There's just all of these, like, squared off holes dug into the ground. The excess soil has been deposited uh, elsewhere, like, just kind of throughout this area uh, in, like, a, a two or three big piles Alright, so yeah, with your perception checks and knowledge nature checks, you would uh, observe that it's not just soil in these piles. Uh, there's quite a lot of, like, the the piles of soil are almost, like, sparkling uh, in the, the, the waning sunlight. And you would observe that mixed in with the soil is actually uh, powdered silver and cold iron. And just based on its composition, it looks like this was already in the soil when it was dug out. So it's like a ore vein of cold iron? It doesn't look like a vein, because it's like it's not like mineral deposits. It's like pieces. Yeah. Didn't you say this was like an old fort that had been like abandoned by the soldiers of the last wall like centuries ago? It was an originally a fortress of the dead. During the Shining Crusade, the Knights of Ozum took the castle uh, after... Like, a heavy cost, like years and years of fighting, only to discover that this area was just not hospitable for living creatures. Instead of letting the undead forces retake it, they salted the earth with silver and cold iron to prevent undead from uh, reclaiming it. Okay. Does, does it seem like there's anything else in those piles, or is it really just like piles of dirt with like silver and cold iron mixed in? Yeah, that seems like all there is. However, I don't think we ever got to that actual detect magic that he was looking for. Yeah. Um, There is a large wooden shelter that the tomb giant uh, emerged from when you you confronted it. And in that shelter, uh, you find a large wooden chest. There is a magical wand and a magical bead in that chest, as well as... 92 gems, black tinted gems. So, onyx so, gems. Yes. Uh, so, you can give me a couple spellcraft checks. You can give me uh, an appraise check or a knowledge nature check for the gems. All right. Teoblith got a 22 and a 29 on the spellcraft and a 29 on the appraise. Okay. Uhtred got a 32 and a 25 on the spellcraft. Okay, uh, so between Teoblith and Uhtred, you identify the wand as a wand of vampiric touch with 24 charges remaining, and the bead as a bead of force. Uh, with your appraise checks, uh, you 
positively identify these as onyx gems and determine that they are worth 50 gold each. And what does a bead of force do? I assume it's like the uh, bead of healing that we have, but force. Uh, Were they, uh, did we have used one against um, McTana? Um, yes. Okay. This small black sphere appears to be a lusterless pearl. Beat of force can be thrown up to 60 feet with no range penalties. Upon impact, upon sharp impact, the bead explodes, sending forth a burst that deals 5d6 points of force damage to all creatures within a 10-foot radius. Once thrown, a beat of force functions like a resilient sphere spell. Reflex DC 16 negates with a radius of 10 feet and a duration of 10 minutes. A resilient sphere uh, is just a, a, a bubble of force that traps anybody inside. A globe of shimmering force encloses the creature, provided the latter is small enough to fit within the diameter of the sphere. The sphere contains its subject for the spell's duration. The sphere is not subject to damage of any sort except from a rod of cancellation, a rod of negation, disintegrate, or targeted dispel magic. These effects destroy the sphere without harm to the subject. Nothing can pass through the sphere, inside or out, though the subject can breathe normally. The subject may struggle, but the globe cannot be physically moved either by people outside it or by the struggles of those within. The explosion completely consumes the bead, making this a one-use item. Okay, so uh, what do you guys do? It is, uh, it is rather late. If you haven't yet, it would be a simple matter to dispatch the remaining undead and this spot doesn't look like the worst place to set up camp. I mean, it's even got a large wooden structure. How long did it take us to get here? Like, is, uh, would it make sense that we would be looking to rest? Or Because we were like, oh, time to leave. And this was like kind of the first thing we came across. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's you're just about at sundown. Uh, okay. You've been, you've been traveling for hours. Yeah. Well, we should probably camp here for the night. That's fine with me. I'm all for it. Um, and while while I have the uh, that that canopic jar out, I assume there's some kind of like basin or something of the sort in this wooden structure, like a, a sink or a bucket of some kind. You do not find a basin, but you do find a uh, rather large uh, bladder uh, of wine that looks like the perhaps the tomb giant was enjoying before being interrupted by you. Oh well. That doesn't help. Either way, uh, I'm just gonna kind of find a maybe like a a barren a bare rock somewhere, and I'm gonna lay out like those bloody bandages that I took off the jar, and just cast a, use a few castings of create water to, to kind of like wash them away, just wash them as best I can, and then rewrap the jar. Okay. Um, anyone who is watching would see that Tableth is taking like, despite his kind of like grumblings earlier at like being forced to unwrap the jar and show everyone like if you watched him re-bandage it he is being very careful with it well that's good to know like as okay. flippant as he was being he is taking he right. is being careful to not damage the jar oh Elksy is watching when, when sorry we have to roll a detect magic on it can we make a spellcraft check on it or sure. a knowledge arcana religion give me spellcraft 24 uh yeah you're really it's it's really unclear to you uh, what powers this item has. Elsie, do you mind? Can I have a word? Of course, Uhtred. Kind of walk... Uh, uh, not being subtle at all, Elsie kind of like throws one last look over at Tia Bluth before walking away with Uhtred. Probably go like... So I was pretty safe that I knew I was at a earshot 
and okay. but like not not out of like vision though. Yeah. I know you cannot be all too happy if what that elf says is true. I would only not. ask that before you communicate to Erasne what he said, allow us some time to make sure that it is her lungs and what potentially that could mean for her. Of course, you true, but I I don't have any way of communicating with Erasne. Sense motive. <laughs> okay. I'm going to use the hero point to add a plus eight to this. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Not trusting the elk. Oh, good thing. Um, <laughs> and I rolled a goddamn 19. Yeah, you did. Well, and but like Uhtred's like had the suspicion from the get-go that like either she's listening on us, like what's the deal with Alexi? So he got a 26 sense motive. Uh, you're not detecting any falsehoods or deceptions from Alexi. That like kind of visibly like could see some stress kind of leave Uhtred's body. Um, okay. Well, oh, okay, Elksy, I, I just, I didn't know. I mean, as you said, she is your friend. Of course she's my friend. Uh, but, no, I, there, there's no special connection between us. At least no magical one, just one of kinship. No, that's more than understandable given your circumstances. But, I believe one of the items she gave to you, or one of the others, does allow communication to Erasne. Yes. This, this necklace, and Richard's gonna kinda, like, take his thumb and hook it and, like, pull a little bit out from under his shirt. Alexi gives it a sniff. As far as I know and can tell, I can, I can only communicate with her when it's activated. I don't, I don't know, Uhtred. I, I wonder if Arasni even knows that this elf is parading around Ustalav, the, the, the land of her death, with a, a piece of her with him. No, I, I doubt very much she does. But in the same vein, you also know it's not exactly like she's in a position to go tramping around anywhere at the moment. If she did know, I can't... Well, if it was a piece of my lungs in that jar, you better believe I would have been after them. Well, that's my point, Uhtred. If, if she doesn't know and she finds out... Well, she, she told us that she can't leave that sanctum, but... That's why she, I'm having this conversation with you. She might decide that she wants to anyway. Right. But as far as we can surmise, there's only five... I was going to say people, but I'll just call Alexi a people. There's only five people that currently know of its existence and location. Till we know more, we must keep it that way. Yes. I, I agree with you, Uhtred. I, I don't like it, but I think discretion is the important thing for now. Uh, let's get settled in for the night. Let's go see who, who wants what watches. Very well. Alright, who wants what watches? I'll take the customary last watch. Middle watch. It's been a long time since I played an elf. Do elves only need like two hours of sleep a night or something? I believe that was a 3.5 thing. Uh, they are immune to magical sleep. Oh, sorry, that was what I was thinking. I have a ring of sustenance, which means I only need two uh, hours of sleep. There it is. Got it. 
yeah it means I, I don't need food and I only need two hours of sleep so yeah uh, Tealith will pretty much stay up all night like he'll get his two hours probably during like the middle watch but he'll he'll do first like and last watch I'll do first watch alright well I suppose I'll do middle watch with Randolph uh, Randolph could use the night off <laughs> <laughs> very funny Randolph <laughs> oh yes uh, I look very much forward to an Elsie Randolph the Lies watch <laughs> alright uh, so everybody goes to sleep except for Arginus and Teoblith for yep. first watch go ahead and give me perception checks 23 20 yeah nothing uh, nothing catches your attention for your watch uh i'm gonna i'm gonna press some questions here um which you're more than welcome to uh hand back to me but (laughs) so uh where were you originally uh before uh before the blast (laughs) i've been alive for three centuries where do you want to start Oh, three centuries. Oh, where have you been? You must have been all over this uh, this world. Well, yeah, you could say that. Not really in the mood to get into the whole story right now. But for now, let's just say I was... Uh, I've been in Chiliax for a while. I found myself in Vigil at the time of that blast. And, well, you know what happened there. Yes, uh, the skull in the sky. Uh, that was a nightmare. No, that was the boneyard. Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> I get my times mixed up. Great. Now, I just <laughs> want to welcome you into our, uh, well, loving, uh, charismatic group here. Uh, it might take a little bit for you to gain the trust of uh, some of our more experienced people in this group. But I, uh, <laughs> I assure you, once you uh, uh, once you join us in a, in a combat or two, uh, you'll you'll see the trust flows between all of us. I don't know about trust. So be it. You're more than welcome to your own opinions. Uh, but understand, we are uh, facing down the, uh, essentially the end of times here. So, uh, maybe, maybe open up just a little bit. You don't know anything about the end of times. <laughs> maybe I don't. Or maybe I know everything. But, <laughs> that's to be seen. This is not the end of times. I was in West Crown when Aridin died. If that wasn't the end of times, then this definitely isn't. Yes, yes. Experiences talk. Uh, maybe you're right. I hope you're right. I can only hope you're right. And with that, I just kind of allowed the time to pass. Okay. Your watch ends without incident. And Randolph and Elxia are woken for their watch. Sweet. Um, I'm sort of thinking that me and Thalias should get our hands on a god in a jar situation. Is that something that we can pursue? Absolutely. <laughs> I don't have anything to do except reflecting with uh, Thalias on this new guy and trying to suss out how we feel on him. Yeah. 
He seems powerful, and he seems like he knows what he's doing, which is good. But he's also got a god in a jar, and we don't know him very well. Are you, like, just ruminating on this silently with Thelias, or are you talking? Uh, yeah, I always talk out loud when I talk to Thelias. Uh, that's true. Uh, is So did you, like, manifest Thelias, or are you just having... Oh, yeah, he's out. Your... Okay. Yeah, he's always out. All right. Uh, so why don't you and Thelias give me perception checks? Okie dokie. All right. Well, as usual, Randolph got a extremely low perception. But Delias will save the day, but and the then when save. he does an X, he'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> Just going up the chain. Yep. Yeah, Delias got a 19. That's much better than a right. 6 that I got. Yep. Uh, Elsie got a 20. Okay. A <laughs> so you're uh, you're having your back and forth with Delias, and Elsie kind of hesitantly and awkwardly uh, approaches the two of you. Well, uh... Personally, I don't think I trust that elf. Oh, yeah? Why is that? I think he's hiding something. Uh, Randolph and Thelias perk up like you got the hot goss. What do you think he's hiding? How do we get it out of him? I don't know. I I don't know if he means any of us uh, ill, but... You just get a bad feeling about him? He just seems like he's not telling us something. Hmm. I mean, we're... We're on our way to Gallows Spire after escaping the... Well, I didn't go, but you, you all escaped the Boneyard and Vigil mm-hmm. put on this mission. He also escaped the Boneyard, and he's just going to Gallows Spire too? Yeah, that is a bit of a coincidence when you put it that way. And he just happened to bump into us on the road? You know... I'm, I'm no, I'm no, I'm no uh, cartographer, but... I, I, I don't know. Is it, you tell me. Was this the most direct way to Gallowspire from Vigil? Also, didn't he say something about him waiting for us? Yes, yes, he did. Hmm. Like, he knew we were coming. Now, at the time when he said that, I thought that was like a, you know, I'm on your team and someone sent me, like a good thing that we don't know about. But now, it is a little convenient. For him yes, to I didn't be think, waiting for us. Yes, I didn't think too much of it at the time either, but he's demonstrated very ah, keep thoroughly... Keep your voice that, down! He might so, so, sorry, sorry. He's demonstrated very thoroughly that he does not consider us to be his allies. He may be traveling with us for convenience right now, but... Okay. So do we just keep an eye on him, or what? For now, I think that's the best thing to do. He, he has... Arasni's lungs in that jar. There's no telling if he has some sort of leverage over her right now or not. Oh, good thinking. And Elsie kind of looks at Thelias and just kind of holds her her look for a beat. She says, "What? What do you make of this, Thelias?" I look at Thelias, waiting to see what he makes of it as well. And two Dude. hours pass, and your watch ends. <laughs> <laughs> He's just standing there, stalwart. <laughs> like a noble statue. Or does does Thelias... Uh, I think he would just sort of nod and, you know, pantomime that... I kind of... He's, uh, he's ready for anything with the group. Yeah. I, I, I kind of have, like, a Silent Bob vibe from yeah. Thelias. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah. Where like yeah. someone's like, "What do you think, Silent Bob?" and he just kind of looks at Shrugged you for a second. And you're like, "I can respect that." Yeah. <laughs> he's like, just got his shovel and nod and raise his shovel a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. yep, yep. And to be fair, in life, Thalias was not a thinking man. Not not that he was a moron, but like, right, definitely not a thinker. Or his emotions on his sleeve. Definitely, uh, yeah. d- definitely checked off the box of uh, Gravekeeper. Yeah. Oh. Sweet. Good talk. All about that union life. <laughs> Gravekeeper's <laughs> union. All right. Yeah. So uh, your watch passes, and nothing, uh, nothing attacks you. Nothing, uh, nothing, you, nothing really to to see. It seems. Sweet. So you and Elsie uh, wake up, Utrid. And Teobloth. Yep, her. Okay. Uh, give me uh, two more perception checks, please. 29. 26. All right, so your watches pass. Uh, you don't uh, notice anything bad or dangerous. Well, first time for everything. Well, there's been plenty of times where we haven't noticed anything bad and dangerous. We just It was there. We just didn't notice it. Before you move on, Uchard would address uh, Teobloth. Diablith, I owe you a slight apology for the aggressiveness in which I came at you last evening. I am guarded, but I still do believe that you judge people based off their actions. If you give us no reason to not trust you, we will eventually give you that trust. Well, you're right to be guarded, and you shouldn't trust me. I don't trust you. I know. Tr- I, I trust is not would. necessary. Well, trust is always necessary on some level. You trust that we're not going to attack you in your sleep, as we trust you will not attack us. That's not a matter of trust. It's a matter of logic. Our goals align. So anything you would do, anything we would do to harm one another, simply hinders our own, our own goals. So you trust in your logic, then. My point is to say that I could do a better job softening how I said things. No, you were right to question. It's also not lost on me that your age alone provides a lot of validity to your arrogance of knowledge. Yeah, I've I've been around. I've seen a lot. And I'm not done seeing. Well, I certainly hope that you're not done seeing either. If we're being honest, there's a high likelihood that sticking around with us might end up meaning you see no more. No. I did not start my trek with our genus and Randolph, but it seems no matter what we do, more and more of us just keep dying. Well, that's what your kind do, isn't it? I've been around a long time, and that seems like what you're best at is dying. You come and you go, and... You leave behind, well, if you're good enough, you leave behind a story. And that's my job. I collect those stories. I dare to say that you will collect the finest story you've ever heard, then. <laughs> you were asleep earlier, but uh, that's going to be a tall order. You see, I was I was in West Crown when Aridin died. That's a story. That's a story I would very much look forward to hearing, for being honest. As you are a man of knowledge and intellect may I offer if you were to share that with me payment of 
how the attack on Vigil and Rosslo Coffer was done. Well, now that is an interesting proposition. And in the interest of earning your trust, I would be willing to pay first. You know, a lot of these nerds. Ah. <laughs> these are two very intelligence-based characters. I, I push my glasses <laughs> up the on my nose. Very well. Let's hear it. So, I'm fairly confident you are probably familiar with the Shattered Shield of Arneson. Oh, yes. That's something I was hoping was still in Vigil when I, you know, came back from the Boneyard. Well, it is not in Vigil anymore. And I'm also going to take an educated guess that you have studied the Shining Crusade before. To some degree, yes. Well, I don't know if... You came across in your studies that during the battle, a piece of the Shattered Shield of Arneson became lodged within Tarbathan's hand himself, and still to this day resides there. Really? He escaped. Yes. That is how he escaped Gallowspire. He realized that he could use the pieces that remained in Vigil as sort of a bouncing off point for magical energy and that he was able to bounce magical energy from a piece outside of Gallowspire off of the one in his hand and build it well, build it until you saw what it did to Vigil he discovered this by testing his theory on a town called Rossler Coffer where I lived and was at the time oh I hadn't heard about Rossler's Coffer no, I, I imagine you haven't, because, well, the whole town was lost, and only I, my friend Elias and Vipura, and Rogar were the only four survivors. And we went to Vigil to warn them of this, and that an attack on the city itself may be imminent. Obviously, you see that we had failed at that. Yes, well, from what I do know of the Shining Crusade and after, the Knights of Ozum aren't necessarily known for taking advice. No, no, they're not. But then again, who really is? And, to make things even worse, Tarbafon still has nine remaining pieces that he can do this again. He doesn't need to even be near them. He could put them on anybody or anything and use them at any time. Oh, well, then it's a good thing that I've taken up with you. I knew he had taken out Vigil, and I presumed he did the same thing to Gallowspire. But to know that he could do this nine more times... No, I cannot sit idly by while he destroys city after city in his vainglorious attempts at whatever it is he's doing. I would presume to think that he is trying to re-establish where he was prior to the Shining Crusade, if not further than where he was. That's probably a safe bet. At least back in the Shining Crusade, we had the Talden Empire around at the height of its power to try and push him back. I don't think you'd even get Lastwall to unite against him at this point, much less bringing in other nations. No. Well, we saw how well Lastwall fared already, and Fortunately, I don't think we even have the time if the other nations would unite. Obviously, we're heading to Gallowspire, but 
What is it you hope to accomplish there? At Kalospaya? Or what do I hope to accomplish by taking down Tarbafan? Oh, I can I can gather your reasonings for wanting to take down Tarbafan, but how what is it, what's your plan? Why are what are you planning to do at Gallowspire? I doubt Tarbafan is still hanging around his old stomping grounds. No. He, he most certainly probably is not. I imagine after 900 years, that's the last place he wants to be. We hope to find information on the witch gates that Tarbafan had placed all throughout Ustalav. I'm sure as you can realize it would be quite difficult to try and have to sneak all the way through the country to wherever he may be. Having the ability to teleport would certainly make our daunting task more palatable. Yes, but who would it help? You don't have an army to teleport here. No, but who is left to fight him other than the willing? And as of now, we are the willing. Eh, well... Hopefully this plan of yours works. For all living people's sake. Now, if you'd be so kind, I would I would love to hear the fall of Eredin. And it's a story that I will share. But that was over a hundred years ago now. If you could give me a day to gather my thoughts on the matter so I could present something cohesive, I'd appreciate it. I can be patient. Got a lot of these nerds. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh... Please gather your notes and whatever else your memories. Tomorrow night we will share a watch again. Very well. And that—that's what Richard had. So, okay. So with that, uh, your watches come to an end as the sun rises, and with the rising sun, you're met with a very windy and foggy morning. This is uh, the weather for the day, and. Mechanically, what this will get you is a minus four penalty on ranged attack rolls. Of course. Minus... <laughs> he hates minus... ranged characters. <laughs> and a minus four penalty on perception checks. This is all random weather. <laughs> Fine. Pathfinder hates ranged characters. All right. And everybody is awake. Well, I think Uchu would pretty much just be doing his, like, gather up his stuff and... You know, preparing his spells, cast his phantom seed, just his normal morning, uh, headed on out preparations. Yeah. Anybody else have anything noteworthy for their morning? Or shall we proceed? Genus has nothing. He wants to eat. He a hunger boy. Alright, uh, well, unless you wanted to have something with a bit more flavor... Uh, our genus is free to help himself to the one of the like 97 trail rations that you guys have collected in your bag of holding. That's exactly what he'll do. And as mentioned, uh, I have my ring of sustenance, so I don't even need any anything to eat. All right. So you guys begin your trek. We should figure out who's getting those winged boots that we found back in the oh fort. yeah those are super cool definitely shouldn't go to Uhtred though he's got so many ways to fly now honestly so do I <laughs> I don't know about so many ways to fly but fly? I um I know Randolph can cast fly 
Yeah. Um, I can do Dimension Door. That's not fly. That's basically fly. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, it That's a, a on one-time we're... deal. Like, So, I mean, at this point, it seems like either Arginus or Thalias. Although, Thalias cannot wear them while Randolph has the slippers, because they share magic item slots. And can't Randolph pull Thalias into his head and do yep. something that allows Randolph to fly? Uh, I'm not sure if Randolph can fly yet with the in- incorporeal manifestation let me look so at 18th level he can fly doing that so that's a little ways away yeah but he could always pull ran pull thalias into his head and cast fly you know so it sounds like our genus is the only one that can't through spell item or ability fly so i'm, I'm leaning towards it should probably go to our genus unless somebody has a compelling argument as to why it should go somewhere else no, I'm I'm good with having a flying sorcerer. So. I'm good with having a flying sorcerer. All right, so you guys are setting out uh, along your next leg of your journey. And from your uh, maps that you looked at, and I, I assume you have them with you, actually, uh, you know that this next stretch uh, is going to be more than twice as long. Like it was about twelve miles from Castle Fawnum to the Vaishu Pass. And your next destination is Render's Lake, uh, which feeds into the river that carves the Vaishu Pass, uh, and that is going to be a thirty-five mile trek. And you are no longer in a forested area; you're now going up mountains. Okay, so you are about right here. The Vaishu Pass will take you up the mountains. Uh, this map isn't super... Uh, it, consider this map a a rough copy, uh, not not a uh, not a true uh, cartographer. What is its elevation? <laughs> uh, it's it's a very uh, approximative map. Uh, like a lot of these landmarks don't really match up with. The books like and and when they reach this point, they'll be at this thing. And when they reach this point, they'll be at that thing. Like you're looking at the map, and it's like I kind of see it, but barely. Uh, so yeah, you guys are at the uh, mouth of the Vaishu Pass, and that will take you up. I feel like that's pretty standard when it comes to Pathfinder. Like here's the map or the picture they gave you, but like it, it really doesn't do a good job. Yeah, uh, that'll take you up to Renders Lake. Which, excuse me, is not 35 miles away. It is, uh, it's about another 12. So, let's have ourselves another rousing round of survival checks. What are the survival checks for as we travel? To avoid getting lost. That's kind of important. Yep. Uh, so you have, uh, shifted from a forested area to a mountainous area, uh, which... Fortunately for you, uh, it's much harder to get lost traversing mountains, especially when you guys have maps on you. Uh, but let's get them anyway. I got a uh, 20. Uchri got a 4. 9. Elksy got a 27. So It's Elksy's world. We're just living in it. <laughs> so you guys have no troubles uh, staying on course. Uh, but now we're going to roll that random encounter. 
All right, so after a hard day's uh, hike, going up in elevation all the while, the wind and the fog have persisted this entire time. You come out to a clearing more than a dozen miles uphill from Vaishu. A small lake uh, sits in a widened valley. And, uh, it irrigates a, a stand of gnarled pines uh, occupying its banks, providing shelter from the weather. Um, yeah, you haven't encountered any difficulties on the road today, uh, but it is the end of the day. And you guys should probably start thinking about setting up camp. I mean, yeah, I guess the first place we come across that looks like it would be a decent area to camp at. Mm-hmm. Well, there's... Uh, as I said, there's a small cluster of pine trees along the banks of, of this small lake that look like they'd be decent shelter, considering your other options. I think uh, Uchu would be fine with that. Okay. Yeah, that works for Teoblith as well. All right. As you, uh, as you come to rest under these pine trees along the bank of this lake, uh, you notice that the uh, the lake itself, the water is deep and black. Uh, it looks ice cold. And anyone who wants to can give me a perception check. 26. 25 for Uchun. 22 for our genus. Natural 20, 24 for Randolph. Okay. We're so perceptive. Look at us. So you are uh, like dropping your packs, stretching. And Uhtred, Teoblith, and Randolph, you suddenly feel the front of your shirts are wet. Real quick, Matt, where... I, I know that Teoblith has a holy symbol. Where does he keep that? Um, I don't think he carries a holy symbol. Oh, okay. Well, he... All right. Like, he is a worshiper, but I don't think he carries the holy symbol. Like, because he doesn't use it for, like, spellcasting or powers or anything. All right. I mean, a lot of people still carry a holy symbol that don't mechanically use one. But if you don't Uhtred think does. had one. I know Uhtred, Uhtred has... I know Saren, Uhtred and right? Randolph have holy symbols on them. Uhtred has a holy symbol of Saren, right? I don't think you guys ever said that you've, you're not carrying around those holy symbols of Arasni anymore. Oh, Uhtred's also wearing one of those. He put one of those around his neck. Yeah. Is Randolph still wearing his? Hell yeah, brother. All right. So the holy man. But is is hers a holy symbol? I guess, yeah, I guess it would have been, because it, it would have been her in life, right? It's one of those, you wouldn't be able to invoke the power of a deity right. with it anymore, but it's still her the symbol. holy symbol of Arasni. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So... Fun fact, actually, uh, because this has come up a couple times. Uh, while Razni, I guess you wouldn't, you couldn't really label her as a demigoddess anymore. She is still magically powerful enough to grant spells to those who worship her. Yeah, I mean, you don't even have to be powerful to be have like a holy symbol. Like saints had symbols, right? And they weren't like right. God. They were just like, look how holy that person was. They were a saint. Uh, I don't know if saints had holy symbols of themselves. I think they 
would like bless a holy symbol but we're we're, we're getting off, off track um so rewinding real quick so utrid and randolph you feel the uh, like down your fronts starting at your chest and running down you feel wet your your clothes are your shirt starting to uh soak through and teal you would you would notice this uh as the it just kind of looks like they've like spilled water down their front or something but they're not drinking anything they're, they're not doing anything that would get themselves wet like that uh utrid and randolph with your perception checks you know that this is coming from your holy symbols and uh you would also know that something bad is about to happen oh. like you have the three of you have succeeded in your perception checks against a haunt so you effectively have like a surprise round before the haunt turns on perfect doesn't randolph have an ability to like stop haunts he sure does oh uh, yes wheat purge spirit baby that's right mm, do i see it though yeah you our holy it's not is all wet. I don't think there needs to be like a visible, targetable thing when it comes to haunts. You just kind of know that there's a haunt in the area, and you're allowed to just target it if you're able to. So yeah, with uh, Randolph wants to cast Purge Spirit, uh, roll ten d six for me, buddy. Whoa! Oh, thought you'd never ask. <laughs> Oh, yeah. That's a 39-er. Damn. So, yeah. Uh, Randolph and Uhtred, they feel uh, like just water, like just flowing out of their holy symbols. And without thinking almost uh, by instinct, Randolph casts Purge Spirit. And the flow ebbs and nothing happens. Well, that was convenient. Joe, take a hero point. Ooh, easiest hero point I ever earned. Smashing <laughs> spirits up. Yeah. Fuck yeah, brother. Yeah, you uh, you neutralize that haunt before it could manifest. Uh, anybody who eh. wants to can give me a knowledge history check. Oh, absolutely. 30. 33. All right, guys, stand back. 30 and a 33 is nothing. 18. Uhtred and Teobleth, uh would recall the tale of... Merrily Render. Merrily is long gone, but her legacy of cruelty remains as a haunt. It's actually how the lake that you're at, Render's Lake, earned its name. Uh, Merrily Render is a cruel and dark-hearted hag, an atheist who held great malice towards the faithful of any religion. Render attacked worshippers on both sides of the Shining Crusade with abandon. She especially delighted in kidnapping priests, shattering their legs and dropping them into the deep, icy waters of her lake. Watching worshippers scream for their god's aid only to be denied filled her black heart with joy. She finally fell to an undead assassin dispatched to end her depredations, her corpse joining those of her own victims in the lake. She was killed by an undead assassin? Yes. Why? Undead worship deities too. I mean, Ergothoa is the goddess of undeath. Yeah, no, I guess that makes sense. So in the... Uh, the calm after this sudden danger, uh, you would remember this story and make the connection that perhaps you were just assaulted by Render's spirit, uh, attempting to 
further her uh, her plots from all those years ago. But yeah, we can continue from that. You guys uh, set up camp. Who's doing watches? Who's doing watches? We're all doing watches. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right, yeah. Who is doing what watches when? Well, I'm going to take the last one again, and I assume Tia Blith would uh, also... Yeah I'll, yeah, I'll do first and last watch again. Middle. I'll do first. All right. Uh, Alexi will do middle watch. Okay, so Arginus and Tia Blith, give me perception checks. 19. 23. So your watches go by uh, with no issues. All right. Uh, during this watch, also, uh, Tiblith would again, you know, take out the the canopic jar, unwrap the again bloodied bandages, and now there's a nice lake right nearby, so he can wash off the bandages in the lake and then rewrap the jar. All right. Don't get sucked into the lake. <laughs> that's been cleansed. We're good. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> it right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, uh, next up is Randolph and Elsie. Sweet. Perception check. Perceive. Yes, please. Okay. Randolph with a 16. And Elias. Oh, geez. Just Elias' the... turn to not know anything. Is this with a natural one. <laughs> oh, yeah. Give him <laughs> with the minus four. Fours. <laughs> uh, so 12 and uh, negative three. <laughs> You didn't think negative three was possible, boy. Let me tell you. <laughs> All right. And Elksy uh, came out with a 18. Uh, near watches also go by uneventfully. Sweet. And last up is Utrid and Teobuth. And I think we'll cover those next week. Oh. On the Inspired Incompetence Podcast. Oh, my. See you. See you. See you. See you.